understand and know how to hear God's voice. There's a lot of people, a lot of Christians I've had tell me that they've never heard God speak to them. That God doesn't talk to them. That they can't, they don't know what it is to hear God's voice. And the reason a lot of times we don't hear the voice of God is because we don't understand God's way of thinking. And, and we, we try to listen in one way and God is actually speaking to us in another way. And, and there's a lot of noise and a lot of distraction, a lot of things all around us that want to try to compete for God's voice in our life. There's a lot of things being said, a lot of things being uh, heard that we, we, we've got to learn how to listen through that and lean in to be able to hear the voice of God. How many of you know when, when someone whispers, you've got to lean in to hear what they're saying? You know, God speaks in a whisper. And if you can't hear God's voice, then you can't sing God's song. If you can't hear God's voice, then you can't be led by His Spirit. We've got to learn how to hear God's voice. And, and we understand the primary language of God is His Word. God's primary language is His Word. Jesus said, my Word is Spirit and His life. That, that God speaks to us by and through His Word. The Bible says Jesus, that, that it's a more sure word of prophecy than a voice that spoke out of heaven. But you know, there are secondary languages I believe God uses to speak to us. And, and, and some of those are go like this. Uh, uh, God speaks to us through desires. His voice comes to us through desires. He said, give us the desires of our heart. How many of you know what I mean by a desire? You know, and sometimes he has to put that desire in you. I, I, I'm in Spring Hill, Louisiana. That's where I came from. I left there 25 years ago. I, I, I was That's the first place God got a hold of me. First time I ever went to a spirit-filled church was in Spring Hill, Louisiana, on the campus where I pastor now 40 years later. And when I left Spring Hill, I swear, I will never come back to this town. Never. I will never return. It, it stunk. They had a paper mill there. It, it smelled bad all the time. Smelled like rotten eggs. I said, I'll never go back to Spring Hill. I was happy, content, pastoring a little country church in the middle of nowhere, shoeing horses, had an easy life, I, you know, and, and I was just enjoying myself. And uh, all of a sudden, I got a call, and they said, why don't you come help us? Their campus pastor had left, and they want me to come preach one Sunday a month. I said, well, I can do that. I'll come up there and preach one Sunday a month and help you all out. And then the other guys were going to come preach, and we'll just kind of, well, it, it, as, as it went on, the first time I went up there, something came on the inside of me and said, this is where you want to be. He didn't say, this is where I want you to be. It was like this voice said, this is where you want to be. And all of a sudden, the desire of my heart changed. And I began to desire to be there. Over a matter of a few weeks, I went, preached a couple of times. They called me and said, we need you to come now. Can Will you please come be our campus pastor? We're part of three other churches. And I said, let me pray about it. But I already knew. I prayed. I said, yeah, I'll come. It wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't the way I wanted to be because I was actually a campus pastor. I was basically an associate pastor at a different campus. I was leaving a senior pastor with 40 years in ministry experience going to kind of take a... Uh, but, I, you know, that's where I, my heart wanted to be there. I was there for six months. Went in one day to a staff meeting and uh, the, the senior lead pastor and his dad called me in and said, listen, we've been praying about it. We feel like God wants you to go do your own thing. So we're releasing you and the church and everything else. You go do what God called you to do up there in Spring Hill. And they turned it all over to us. Now, I don't want to be anywhere else but Spring Hill, Louisiana. God will speak to you through a desire. He'll give you a desire. Sometimes we kind of listen through our experience, our history, and say, wait a minute, I, I, there's a desire God's working in me. 
He, he speaks to us through our, our dreams. Come on. He speaks to us through our dreams. A lot of people don't understand how God can speak to us. Now, I don't believe you got to have a dream every night to be able to be led by God, but I mean, He will speak to you through a dream. You got to learn to listen. When that dream comes, you got to learn to listen. When you wake up, first thing you got to say, Well, is there anything in that? Is it pizza? Is it beans? Or is it God's. He'll speak to you through doors. Some doors open. That's where you're supposed to go. Some doors close. That's where you ain't supposed to go. You always need to examine, go back to your desire, go back to your dream, and go back to the Word, but realize that God, God can speak through doors. When a door opens, you've got to always be prepared that that's God's direction for my life. He can speak to you through people. How many of you know sometimes God will speak to you through people? And a lot of times it's not the people that you want Him to be speaking to you through. Somebody say, well, that, you know, that's not who I wanted God to use to speak to me. Well, you listen, sometimes he uses a jackass. So if he's talking, listen. And don't get too lifted up if God's using you to speak. Come on, somebody say amen. He speaks to us through promptings. You get prompted inside. There's a prompting on the inside of you. There's something in you. An unction, some people would call it. Uh, an urgency. Uh, something inside of you prompting you. You've got to learn to hear and be sensitive to those promptings. Also, and this is kind of contrary to a lot of time what we preach as a faith message, but you know, God will also speak to us through pain. Pain is a very, can be a very loud voice in our eyes. I put that last on the list because I don't believe God gives us pain, but sometimes we get ourselves into a painful position and we've got to learn to say, wait a minute, I need to stop and listen. I think this is hurting me too bad. Because he makes the right thing easy and the wrong thing hard. And when you're kicking against the pricks, is what he said to Paul, why do you kick against the pricks? Why are you fighting against what I want to do? If He was kicking against something that was painful. And a lot of times we're beating our head against the wall or we're putting ourselves in a painful position because we've not listened to these other voices and now we're here. And sometimes it helps us to stop and say, wait a minute, I'm trying to do the wrong thing here. So to hear God's voice, we first of all, we've got to know God's heart because we cannot hear correctly without knowing God's heart. If you don't know what God is all about, you don't know what God is like, you can't really hear what He's saying to you. You need to know what's behind what's being said. You need to know what's in behind it. You need to know what, what, what motivation is behind what's being said to really be able to hear. If we don't know God's heart, we'll never be able to hear right. We'll always hear wrong. So you gotta understand there are different languages. There are different dialects of different languages. You, 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 you'll always hear from a historical perspective what you've been through, your point of view, your paradigm will always affect how you hear. The things that you've experienced in life will affect how you hear. You'll be influenced by your experience and your emotional condition. And sometimes you'll, something's being said, but you're hearing it wrong. I was telling my daughter one time when she was little to put something up. And she was standing there holding it up like this. I said, put it up. Put that up. And she was standing there. A whole friend of mine said, uh, Jeff, looked at her and said, Holly, put that down. She put it down. Come on, maybe God's telling you to put it down and you're just standing there like this. 
Why? Because you're not hearing right. He's speaking right, but you may not be hearing it right. But you see, we got to understand we can't hear correctly if our hearts have become hardened. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to read the scripture in a minute. I'm going to get to the scripture in a minute. But you can never hear correctly if you've got a hardened heart. It causes you to become hard of hearing. And you can never hear correctly when love is not guiding you. Never. You'll always hear incorrectly if love is not guiding you. Wrong voices come to us when we have a wrong heart or a wrong attitude. And you've got to have discernment. So there are four keys. Did y'all find Hebrews chapter 3? There are four keys to accurate discernment. Number one, the Word. You can never discern God's voice without the Word of God in your life. Never. Because you'll hear things that will be just off the wall if you're not going back, lining it up with what God's Word says. Number two, the Holy Spirit. We know that. The Holy Spirit is God's voice to us. He is in us and He bears witness to to God. And, And so you've got to learn to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. With no Holy Spirit relationship in your life, without the Holy Ghost in you and working in your life, and you having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You'll never be able to discern the voice of God very well. Number three, you've got to understand God always works where there's peace. You'll discern the voice of God most of the time where it gives peace. Number four, the key to discernment is love. God's kind of love. You discern God's voice by the love of God because it's always behind what God is saying. So Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 says, Therefore as the Holy Spirit says today, everybody say today, if, everybody say if, you hear His voice, and do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked to anger with that generation. It said they always go astray in their hearts and they do have not known my ways. So I swore my anger they'll not enter into rest. It's a lot of time we don't enter into rest or enter into peace because we don't pay attention to God's voice, because we don't know His ways, because we let our hearts become hardened. Lots of ways your heart gets hardened. So you've always got to watch your heart because there's lots of ways our hearts get hardened. People have done you ways. Experiences in life. Disappointments. All of those things cause oftentimes our hearts to get hardened. And when our hearts get hardened, we get, we get hard of hearing. When we get, when we, when we're living out of anger, when we're living out of bitterness, when we're living out of unforgiveness, when we're living out of areas of our life that we haven't, can't let go of the past, you're not going to be able to hear the voice of God. And you're going to go astray. You're going to rebel. You're going to do the wrong thing because you're not hearing the right voice. So it's important that you watch your heart. You watch your thoughts because your knowledge affects how you hear. Now, I never thought about this until one day I was standing talking to somebody about horses. I was talking about shoeing horses. About I was talking, I was explaining something to them about the horse's foot and what I was trying to do and what needed to be done and what was... The purpose of what I was doing, and I was using terms like, you know, um, um, a, a coffin bone, navicular bone, 
you know, I was talking about lamina. You know, I, I use these different terms, you know, the, the medial and lateral, which you should understand those terms. But, I, you know, I, I even talked about the frog. And, and, and they said, frog? What, you know, that, my... and the more I talked, the more confused they looked. And I said, well, you understand what I'm saying? They said, no, I don't have a clue. Why? Because I don't understand any of those terms that you're using. So I kind of backed it up and started explaining to them the white line is the, around the hoof wall is the lamina. That's the tissue that holds the hoof wall to the capsule, and that's the, where the sensitive and the, the, the dead part, you know, and I and began to explain all these terms to them. Well, then they understood what I was talking about and what I was attempting to do because we were trying to correct the problem that this horse had. Well, oftentimes in life, we don't have the right knowledge, especially when it comes to hearing God's voice because God's all-knowing and God knows everything. And he starts talking to us, and we're standing there like, what are you talking about? And we've got to have God's knowledge, and so we understand His ways. Then when He starts speaking, see, if I don't know His ways, and He starts telling me to do something, a lot of times, especially in the areas of God, in the areas of faith, in the areas of the Holy Spirit leading us, where He tells us stuff like, forgive somebody who's wronged us. I don't understand His ways, and I don't have His knowledge. I think, well, wait a minute, I can't do that because I'll be taken advantage of. When He speaks to us about giving, Man, I have people still to this day struggle with giving because they don't understand the principle of God that you can't outgive God. When you give, God's going to give back to you good measure, pressed down and shaken together. God didn't ask you to do something that He hadn't done. He gave His only begotten Son. Everything God does is based upon His love that brings Him to a point of giving. And so when He speaks to us about giving, He's not trying to take it away from us. He's trying to... But if I don't have that understanding, I'm thinking God's just trying to take all my money. And then we'll think things like, well, that preacher's just trying to get all our money. And you can hear him talk about the offer for five minutes and giving, and, they think, and, you, and, and I've had people leave the church and say, all they ever do is talk about money there. Because you took three minutes to take up the offering and read a scripture and said, you know, we believe that if you give, it'll be given to you, and do a little confession like that. And then people go out and interpret the whole service and say, all they talk about money around there. Why? Because your heart's hardened and you can't hear right. Come, come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. <laughs> you got to realize that God's ways have got, have got to, you've got to have an understanding with God's way of thinking. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. My ways and my thoughts are higher than yours. So you got to forsake your thoughts and you got to receive my thoughts. That way when I speak, you're in, your thinking is lining up with my way of doing things. When I hear God's voice, see, he's not trying to lead me to a place of destruction. He's trying to lead me to a place of blessing. The Bible says he leads us beside still waters. He leads us to lie down in greed pastures. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. He leads us through the valley of the shadow of death, death into the place of blessing. He leads us to the table where he has prepared a, a come on, a feast for us in the presence of mine enemies. He's not leading us to, uh, you know, but if, if our heart's hardened, we're not hearing the voice and we're going to rebel against it. And he says, I swear you'll never enter into my rest if you don't pay attention to what I'm telling you. If you can't hear me. I've dealt with that with my kids. How many of you have dealt with that with your kids? Teenage kids. Amazing to me how they think we don't understand. That's what you hear from them. You start trying to explain something to them. Well, you just don't understand. How do you think I got to this age? Did I skip over those teen years? And didn't go through anything? No, 
you just don't. No, I I understand. You don't understand. I'm trying to keep you from going through the hell that I went through by telling you something, but you don't want to listen because you're hard headed and hard hearted. Come on, touch somebody and say it's ought to help you more than you're acting like right now. So you got to watch your thinking. And try to line it up and work it, line it up with God's word. You got to watch your words because the, so what's coming out of you will affect how you hear. What's coming out of you will affect what you hear coming back in your ear. When, when you, well, the way you talk is going to affect the way you hear. I, I, I learned that when I, when I started learning to speak Spanish, you know, when I went to Guatemala and, and, and I had to, I had to learn to hear as much as I as speak. Because it was, it was as much about what I heard as, you know, and then when I started talking and, 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 you know, speaking another language, it, it, it was affected by how I heard because I grew up, I, I didn't grow up, I grew up a redneck North Louisiana, so I didn't grow up ever hearing Spanish. I mean, you know, the most Spanish I ever learned was taco. I'd never eaten. <laughs> and that wasn't even a real taco. That was from Taco Bell or Taco Tico, you know, it was just ground meat with taco seasoning in it. So, so, so I had to, you know, I had to really start from scratch, and 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 as I began to learn, study, prepare, you know, I, I had to, I had to hear right, but I wanted to speak correctly because I didn't understand the dialect, I didn't understand the way you roll your R's and. You know, and all that kind of thing that, you know, that they do different in the Spanish language than they do in English, you know. And besides that, I was a gringo redneck. I mean, you know, I was. In the double L's. That's right. In the G's and the H's. And I, I started speaking correctly. And I, my, this guy that used to tutor me, I'd just go around and talk to me. So I'd listen and I'd listen to how he pronounced words because, and, and, and then I'd go talk to people and I got, quit being afraid and I just had to let go. And just let my, let my, just let it run, you know. And I, I started to, I said, when are you, when do you think I'm going to really understand it? He said, when you start dreaming in Spanish. So I woke up dreaming in Spanish one night, counting my money. And I wasn't counting uno, dos, tres. I was counting, you know, cien, doscientos, trescientos, cuatrocientos. I was getting on up in there, you know. Come on. <laughs> Woke up. I guess I was talking in my sleep, but it got a hold of my subconscious mind. And then I began to speak it out clear. And then, and then I've had, you know, people tell me, and I'm not as practiced as I was, but I've had people tell me, said, man, you don't even have an accent when you speak Spanish. Because I didn't grow up being taught barrio Spanish. I didn't, you know, trashy Spanish, Spanglish, and, you know, that kind of thing, Tex-Mex. I, I grew up speaking redneck English. And when I got to, got to, to, to learn Spanish, I went to a place where they taught me purely how to speak it. And what I heard affected what I said. The way I said it affected the way I heard it. Whenever you start hearing God's voice, when you start speaking the word, when you start speaking the truth, when you start speaking love, when you let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, when your mouth and your words are pure, then it affects the sensitivity of your ear. 
And I'm going to hit on that just a, a little bit more. But you've got to understand that. And then you've got to realize the environment that you have in your life. You've got to watch the noise and the distractions of life and learn to turn some things off. Lots of distractions. Lots of noise. I'm not a multitasker listener. I don't like to visit and ride down the road with radio playing. Either let's listen to music or let's talk. You know, my kids will turn the radio on. They'll be driving down the road and music playing real loud. And they'll still be talking. They'll be yelling at each other. Hey, what do y'all want to stop me? And I'm like, Dad, well, if we're going to talk, turn the music off. If we're going to listen to music, let's listen to music. Come on, somebody say amen. Because I'm getting distracted here. That's the way a lot of us are. We want to hear God's voice, but we're listening to garbage. We've got to learn to tune our ear. Realize the word is spirit. So there's three basic keys I want to teach you about recognizing God's voice. Number one, you've got to recognize seasons that you're living in. Because God speaks to us differently during different seasons. Now we've been here, what? Y'all been here 20, how many, 20 something years? And you've been through seasons. The churches, some of y'all been here probably that, as long as they have. You've been here with them the whole time. How many of the church has been through seasons? Sometimes it's plowing season. Come on, some, sometimes it's sowing season. Sometimes it's waiting and growing season. And sometimes it's harvest. But how many of them, you know, there are different languages that you use during those seasons. There are different ways that you operate during the end. You've got to learn to hear and recognize the season that you're living in. Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 through 12, he says, everything, everything under God's heaven, there's a season. And God works in seasons. And everything has a seasonal implication upon it. So as to be able to hear truly, really, we've got to, we've got, sometimes you've got to learn to hear the voice of God saying, give, sow, plant. And he said, sometimes you hear him, hey, the harvest is right, put your sickle in. Come on, somebody say, how many of you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times we get hung up in a season because we like that season. I like harvest. How many of you like a harvest season? I don't like plowing. I like gathering, but I don't like plowing. Come on, somebody say amen. And I don't like waiting. I don't like the growing season because you're sitting there waiting and it ain't nothing happening. You're like, wait a minute, wait. This takes patience, and I don't want to be patient. I want it to happen overnight. Am I talking to anybody? But when I begin to grow up enough that I recognize, wait a minute, I'm just in a season right now. Just sit back and let things grow. Because God's working even though I don't see it, even though I don't feel it, even though I don't understand it. He's working. So that's when God is saying, now, let's put down some roots. You got to spend some time in my presence. You got to spend some time in prayer. You got to spend some time learning to wait upon me. I have a little French bulldog named Jackson, and he is hilarious. He's got more personality than a barrel of monkeys, man, I'm telling you. But he's impatient, especially when it comes to food. But he, I, and I like to make him wait. He don't want to wait. Come on, son. Jackson, sit. He'll sit, and he looks at me. He's got that old bulldog face. They say we look just alike, but he... And he'll sit there and, and, and I hold it like this and I'll say, and he'll start wiggling, you know, and he'll start, oh, wait. And eventually he gets impatient. He jump up and try to take it out of my hand. Well, no, you 
No. And he never is. He, he, his expression changes. When I say wait, it's like. Come on, I think some of y'all are probably the same way. When you hear God's voice, wait. And you want to jump up and take it from God's hand. God said, no, you need to wait. Because there's roots being developed. When you're waiting, there's roots being developed. See, sometimes we got to have roots grow down so we can have strong root systems so that we can bear more fruit in our life. We got to recognize the season we're in. Sometimes it's a sowing season. It seems like every time you turn around, God then give some money away, give this away, give that away, get rid of this, do this. You got to you got to recognize that season. And sometimes it's just a, a plowing season. You just got to get start start dealing with some weeds. And God said, "Listen, we got to have a little pruning time here, and some attitudes got to go." Then every once in a while, He says, "Okay, it's harvest time. Put the sickle in, bring it in." I love it when it's harvest time. See, God's seasons are not directed by clocks and calendars. They're directed by revelation. Him speaking to us. So we have to learn to recognize His voice like the sons of Issachar that recognized and understood the times and they knew what to do. See, a lot of people give up when they have to change, when they change seasons. They quit and they stop listening to God because it's not happening the way they want it to happen. I'm preaching to somebody in here tonight. You're just in a season. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Don't stop coming to church. Don't stop seeking the Lord because that season is going to end and you're about to move into a place of transition. And a lot of times you go through that season and all of a sudden the transition comes because there's always a storm when seasons change. That's when the seasons clash. It's like there's a storm. And it seems like every time the seasons in our life change, there's going to be some storms, some challenge. But you've got to stand through that. That's where you got to learn to hear the voice of God when you make that transition. I've been here waiting. Now I've heard God's voice. Now I can walk through this storm transition into the next season and next level in my life. Instead of getting my heart hardened right here and never entering in to that rest. Number two key to recognizing God's voice is being obedient. Listen to me. God's voice never produces rebellion or disobedience to His will or His way. His sheep follow His voice. And if you're not obedient, you can't hear that voice. I know that's kind of strong on Wednesday night, and I know I hadn't been here in a while, but number three, key to hearing God's voice, discerning, hearing God's voice, recognizing His voice is peace. God's voice always leads us in the realm of peace. His voice never brings confusion, division, strife, worry, anxiety, but always brings peace that passes all understanding. Peace. Even though you may be going through hell, God's voice will always bring peace. God speaks to the storms in our life in a whisper and brings them to a calm when His voice is speaking, but we've got to be willing to stay in the boat and not turn around and stop murmuring and complaining about what we're going through. Now listen. Go to James chapter 3, and I'm, I'm going to wind this up tonight. I kind of want to come preach one of those swinging from the chandelier, jumping off the pews, running down the aisle messages, you know, since I've been been here in a while. 
I've been teaching and preaching to our folks on Wednesday nights about hearing the voice of God. And I'm telling you what, it's already, I'm seeing the results and fruit of it. Because I've been old, go, just keep preaching it over and over and over and over. And, 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 and then Brother Andy came months or so ago, and he got up and he preached like, it's like we sat down and compared notes. That here's what I've been preaching. He got up and preached all this that he preached, and everybody was like, well, did y'all talk? And I said, no, he just got here. Come on. Then he ministered to some people and confirmed that they were hearing the voice of God, and they were like... But I want to look at James 3, and, and I, I want to, I'm going to show you something God showed me this week, this past week, that really has an, had an effect upon my life. James chapter 3, verse 13 says, Who among you is wise and understanding? By his good conduct, he should show that his works are done in the gentleness that comes from wisdom. But, if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition, if you have strife and division in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. In other words, he said, if you've got this in your heart, don't be lying to yourself and boasting that you are walking in the right way. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Such wisdom does not come down. What kind of wisdom? Wisdom that produces bitterness, envy, selfish ambition, and strife. That kind of language, that kind of voice, anything that produces that is wisdom that does not come down from above. It's earthly. It's unspiritual. It's sensual. It's demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there's disorder and every evil practice. But, The wisdom from above is first pure. It's then peace-loving. It's gentle. It's compliant. It's full of mercy and good fruits. It's unwavering and without pretense. In other words, it's not fake. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. Now, are you listening to me? Oftentimes, and God showed this to me so strongly last week, oftentimes we're not hearing the voice of God Because we're lending our ear to the voice of the devil. How? By listening to voices that speak unspiritual, demonic, earthly, sensual things that create envy, strife, bitterness, backbiting, gossip. All those things... If you listen to those and you lend your ear to those, whether it's through a human voice or through other voices, you are lending your ear to demonic forces. And if you are, it's practically impossible to actually hear the voice of God. Are are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, the voice of God a lot of times is like a dog whistle. How many of you know you can't hear a dog whistle? But a dog can hear it. Why? Because his ear is set on a different frequency than yours is. And many times our vo- our ears have been so polluted with things that it's hard to hear God speaking to us because it's been polluted with earthly, sensual, demonic, unspiritual voices that we've lent our ear to. And then let it get into our mouth. I'm just talking. What's something that they always put on Facebook posts when they say something that they shouldn't have said or wasn't really a good thing to say and they say, just saying. Well, sometimes what you're just saying is not coming from above. And if it's not coming from above, you don't need to be saying it. Matter of fact, you don't need to be listening to it. 
I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm not listening to that voice. Because I don't want to be distracted from hearing his voice. Why? Because his voice is going to lead me to a place where there's gentleness, where there's peace, where there's rest, where there's blessing, where there's abundance, where there's provision, where there's answers, where there's miracles. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Where we see God working in our life and where we see God. And so many times the enemy right in the midst of the storms of life, he wants to distract us with other voices and other sounds that are not coming from above. Because if he can, then we get focused on those things and those noises begin to affect us and we don't hear the voice of God. Now let me give you a real quick example. Peter uh, uh, was in a boat. With his buddies, they were crossing over the, the, the sea there where Jesus told them to go. And then Jesus came to them walking upon the water. Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. They were a little bit afraid. You know, they kind of all got, oh. And then he said, is that you, Lord? He said, well, don't be afraid, it's me. And he said, well, if that's you, Lord, bid me come. And Jesus said one word, come. Now, Peter heard him at that moment. Stepped out of the boat and started walking on the water to go to Jesus. Think about it. One word, he heard, he started walking. And then the wind and the waves became boisterous, and he, he, when he heard the wind and he saw the waves, he began to sink. Why? Because he let the voice of the wind and the waves overcome the voice that he had heard from Jesus. He let his peace get disrupted. His unbelief began to kick in, and immediately he began to sing. Now, we don't tell us how far he walked. I believe it was more than just a couple of steps. You know, I believe he got on out there, and he was walking along all excited like some of us do when God speaks to us, and we get out and we get him, and we're walking along, and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose, and we start going, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? How are we going to get through this? But how many, how many of you know it's no easier to walk on a smooth sea than it is to walk on a rough sea? I mean, come on. I mean, if the water, oh, it's okay. Let's go for a walk this morning. Come on, somebody. I didn't come by Lake Limestone today and say, hey, the water's kind of smooth. I think I'll go for a walk, you know. No, it's kind of choppy. I don't think I'm going to. God's, God's word and God's voice did not change. Peter, Jesus didn't say, oh, it's getting windy and the waves are kicking up. I can't hold you up no more. And most of the time in life, when we're walking in the right frame of mind, we're walking in obedience to the Word of God. When we're walking by faith in what God has spoken to us, the storms kick up. And then we need to focus on Jesus and what He said. And continue to remind ourselves of His voice in our life. It's going to be all right. I've got this. I told you to come. You just keep coming. Now, thank God... Jesus is merciful. I believe Peter got close enough to him. You know, that this is the picture in my mind. Now, your mind may be different. You know, you may think differently. He, he got to him and he began to sing. And thank God Peter had enough courage, you know, wherewithal to say, Lord, save me. Now, I don't know. Jesus, did he reach down and get him by the collar and drag him back to the boat? You think that's what he did? So, I'm telling you what, I don't understand why you're so damn dumb hard-headed. You, you, you know, I mean, no, I believe he took him by the hand, he raised him up, and he walked him back to the boat, put him in the boat, and said, now listen, where did you begin to doubt? 
when you stop listening to my voice and started listening to the voice of the winds that are coming against you. Oftentimes in life, it may not be a natural storm. It may not be a physical storm. It may be a storm in other areas of life. How many of you have been through some storms in the last two years? Or that's, you know, I've had a few storms. I've had a few storms in my life. Uh, listen, I'm going to give you one example. My daughter Holly's 35 years old. When she was eight, she left with her two sisters to go live with her mother. Broke my heart. I laid down and cried, thought I was going to die. And God spoke to me in that moment and said, she will stand beside you in ministry. Now, it's been 27 years. And she hadn't been anywhere close to standing beside me in ministry. And I had to navigate some rough storms. I had to navigate sitting in court and watching them take her, handcuff her and walk her in, lock her up. Ready to give up. Angry, mad, frustrated. But still knew what God said to me. I walked outside the courtroom and stood in the courtroom to a courthouse parking lot, weeping and crying, sick in my stomach, thinking, my God, you promised me this. And he said, and my promise has not ended. And I said, God, I'm holding on to your promise that she's going to do what you called her to do. They took her to a treatment facility. 24 hours later, they called me and said, we can't, she can't go there. Her husband makes too much money. She can't stay there because she can't get the funding. You've got to go get her. I said, me? Yes, sir, we don't have any other option. I said, you got to go get her and take her somewhere else. It was Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock. I drove to Alexandria, went in, picked her up, got her in the car, took off, called them back, said, there ain't nowhere for me to take her. They said, you take her home with you. Can you keep an eye on her over the weekend? I said, yeah, I can. So I handcuffed her to the the (laughs) toilet and said, you're not going anywhere. I didn't really, but we we talked. We, we we you know we got back to the church, spent the weekend. She came to church Sunday morning, and this has been going on in and out, over and over. We've had this battle. Monday morning, I get up. the The drug court lady director calls and says, uh, "Jeff, I've been praying about this all weekend." And I believe God spoke to me and told me to go before the judge and ask him to give her another chance and have her released into your custody. I said, if that's what you think God told you, then let's do it. She went before the judge, and the judge who could have said, nope, you got to go to prison, said, that'll be fine. I don't know, three, four, five, six months ago, I looked up and she's standing beside me on the platform. And she starts singing. I keep hearing voices telling me that I'm not enough. God said, I told you. Now she stands by me every Sunday. She sits by me every day. Her three children are there with me. Her husband is there. They sit on the front row with their Bibles on their laps, scribbling notes, standing up, shouting, running around the church. 
It took 27 years. But God's Word held her up and brought her through to a place now that she's preaching the gospel. Tonight, she said, Dad, you go preach over there. We got this, God. We got this. God, 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 we got it. You, are, are you listening to me? I don't, don't matter where you are, learn to hear the voice of God. If He's spoken to you, don't let anything else distract your ears. Keep focused on that voice. Remove all the other wisdoms. And listen to what wisdom comes from above. Don't lend your ear to the voice of the evil one. But keep your ear on the voice of the good shepherd. Hallelujah.